Hi Bloomers, it's Wendy, and I'm thrilled to welcome you back to another episode of Bloom with Flores. We have a profoundly moving episode today that promises to touch the very essence of our hearts and souls. Today, our focus is on a topic close to many lives, the intricate journey of autism. This is not just a conversation, it's a voyage into understanding, compassion, and the deep connections that make us human, exploring the highs and lows, the challenges and the triumphs that define the unique world of autism. Today's guest is an extraordinary woman whom I've always admired, my cousin Sonia. A dedicated mother of three, Sonia has masterfully navigated the intricacies of raising a remarkable child with autism, my nephew Brandon. She graciously agreed to open up about her life's journey, sharing insights into the joys, challenges, and boundless love they have experienced over the years, while demonstrating incredible strength in the face of adversity. Without further ado, please feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Sonia Hunt. I am from Connecticut, but formerly I was living in New York. Yes, I do have three kids. And my first one is Brandon. He's 30 years old and he has um, autism. Thank you, Sonia. What is autism and how would you describe it to someone who's unfamiliar with the term? So autism, it's very hard to describe only because it comes from being very severe to um, higher functioning person. What I would describe it is they're not retarded, their brain works differently, their brain chemistry, their brain is, um, the, you know, the way it works, you have to kind of understand it. It's, very, it's a very complex disability. Okay. Can you share a bit about your personal experience with autism? Sure, absolutely. So when I first found out that my son has aut- had autism, he was 18 months old. Back in the days, um, going back almost 30 years ago, it wasn't much heard of. It wasn't as common as it is now. So believe it or not, I was very young. I had him young. So I was around 21 years old. When they told me he had autism, for a moment, I thought it meant artistic instead of autistic. So the doc, there wasn't much information out there. So the doctor gave me a pamphlet pamphlet to read and told me to watch the movie Rayman. I don't know if anyone has seen the movie Rain Man, but it scared me so much that I thought that my son would have to be institutionalized. Right. I couldn't accept that. I refused to accept it. So I had to seek help from a counselor to accept that my son was different. That's every mom's or parent's, I think, nightmare to find out that the child is disabled, has a disability, and maybe could be long-term. So I started seeking um, counselor. The counselor helped me to accept it. And then I finally realized that if God chose me to be his mother, I must be special because he takes a special parent to raise a special child. Right, right. So true. Um, Looking back, Sonia, what were some of the early characteristics displayed by Brandon that were indicative? to you? So Brandon, um, the first 15 months or maybe 14 months, everything was so-called normal. 
to me, you know, normal kid. Um, he was a preemie. That's something also I forgot to mention. My son was 28 weeks when he was born. So there was always some delayed thing there. So whenever I spoke to the doctor, I'm not seeing my son doing this. He, the doctor would tell me, remember, he's a preemie, so he's going to be delayed. So we didn't really take it um, too serious. And then the doctor would tell me, well, he's a boy, so don't worry about it. Boys, they usually, you know, are more delayed than girls. But then I started seeing him, um, not the speech was the first thing I saw. That, that was the first sign, speech delayed. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking. He was walking on his toes, toe walking, no eye contact. And those are the first few signs that I started seeing. When I told the doctor, again, the doctor dismissed it. As a worry that I am, and I don't give up, I went for other opinions. I changed his pediatrician, which I recommend parents to do. Go with your gut feeling. I changed pediatrician, and I also seek help from a developmental pediatrician. And then I was told his diagnosis of autism. Okay. So you did your due diligence. You seeked a second opinion. How crucial was it for you to obtain a proper diagnosis? It was very crucial because once you have a diagnosis, you can get a proper help either for school, for services such as speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, because those um, services come hand in hand to help a child with autism. Um, so it was very important. And also for myself to know, okay, now my son has this. Now, what do I have to do to help my son? So it was very important to me to get answers. As hard and hard what that they were to hear, I needed to know and I, ne- I needed to know the answers. And I finally got the answer that I needed to. Okay. To so you said that you went to counseling to get support for yourself. I how, did. how long did it take for you to process Brandon's diagnosis and to do something about it? It took a long time, Wendy. And when I tell you, I, I was seeking and I did get counseling, but even after counseling, I still didn't accept it. It took me years to, mm-hmm. um, to accept it. And I think even now, sometimes when I see people or men their age doing um, either marry or professional, I still get a little, I say a little jealous because my mm-hmm. son would never um, accomplish to do those things. And now that I have a son that is 20 and he's driving in college, I compare both of them. And I feel like I would never accept it as, you know, and I don't know why. I just want, wanted my son to do something different and be something different. But counseling did help. Um, it helped me to um, to say, you know what, it is what it is, and I have to help my son. I couldn't be in denial, and that was and that was what I was looking for. I could I didn't want to be in denial because he needed a mom. Yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned that I was a single mom because you know his his father and I split up. So being a single mom with a child with disability, it was the toughest years in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So going back 20 plus years ago, technology wasn't as advanced as it is today. What types of research did you have to do to navigate? Well, luckily, the computer was out, but obviously not as 
you know, advanced as it is now. So I did look at the computer, but I went to the library. Mm-hmm. But the library, again, didn't have too much research and books about autism. Again, he kept taking me to that Raymond movie. And until now, I don't like that movie, you know, so I couldn't get that much help. And as, as he got older, I, you know, there was more information coming out as autism became more common. So as he got older, I, you know, I saw more um, developing, you know, services to help, such as ABA, mm-hmm. you know, ABA services, more um, speech therapy. So from the beginning, I um, got him therapy and the school gave me one twice a week. I got private therapy for him as well. So I was trying to get him help as much as possible. Right. What's ABA therapy? Um, Sonia? Something with behavior. So kids with autism, they um, behave a certain way. Mm -hmm. But when they have like a schedule set, um, for example, if they have to go to the potty, you put the toilet there. So they'll come and tell you they want to go to the potty. So something with like cards and words for them to be able to communicate better. Okay. So you just touched on that. So what were some of the immediate challenges that you had with with Brandon as you were navigating this new world? So as you know, autism is very different for each individual. Yes. Brandon was very active. Mm-hmm. I could not go out because Brandon wanted to run. And even when we went to like parties or stores, he will run between the racks and I couldn't find him. So it was very challenging. He pretty much, he had like ADHD, but it was very, very active. Um, when he turned, when he was going through his hormonal changes, 12, 13 years old, kids with autism cannot express themselves very much, but he was still, his body, his body was still going through changes like a regular 13-year-old boy. He became very aggressive. Mm-hmm. He became very angry. And, and I'm thinking now that I look back, maybe because he couldn't understand what was going through his body. Even one time, he tried to hit me, you know, which scared me because he was getting taller than me. I'm a short woman, so he was getting taller than me. So I had to find ways to help my son. Right. So um, those are the challenges that I dealt with, him being active and very aggressive. So you mentioned education, Sonia. Having a child with autism often shapes the educational experience differently. Can you share your experience with us? So my experience with his, um, with the school system was really bad. Mm-hmm. They, that's in my experience, school system always trying to save money. Always tells their favorite word is, oh, we're in a budget, the budget doesn't fit our budget. So they, it was very challenging. When my son needed certain services, they wouldn't give it to him, and I would have to fight. And even a couple of times, threaten the school system, taking them to court to impartial hearing. And once they would hear those words, they would give up and they would give me what he needed. But it was terrible that um, there was one time that he was put into a school, and the classroom was so small, it was like a closet with broken windows. So I feel like they give the special ed students the most um, 
you know, like the garbage of the school. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't treat him. They don't treat him like they treat regular kids. So I had mm-hmm. to take my son out of that school. I fought and I had to take him out of that school because my son had to wear a coat in that classroom. That's how cold it was. Broken windows and a tiny little closet, like little small room, like a closet size. Yeah. So yes, crazy. I had my challenges with many school systems. But he did graduate high school, Sonia? He did graduate high school when he was 20, 21. So by law here in the state, when a child has a disability, the school system has to provide services up to the age of 21. So okay. he took advantage of it until he was 21. Okay, that's amazing. Um, so what unique strengths and abilities has Brandon exhibited throughout the years? So Brandon is a very um, smart kid. If he learns something, he will do it to the best of his ability, but he has to learn and get there. So why I wanted to do is make him as independent as possible. As many of parents know, we're not going to be here forever. So we have to make sure our kids are well um, trained when we, when we leave this world. So I wanted to make him as independent as possible. Brandon, um, after high school, he started working with a job coach. He started working. He would go on trips. I got him into a really good program for kids with special needs or adults with special needs at that point. He would go on trips. He went on a cruise. And this is before COVID because after COVID, things change. Um, he has acquired how to cook. Brandon makes his own breakfast and lunch. I don't have to make him those meals. He knows how to prepare them. Nice. So making kids independent, no matter what disability, it's the best thing a parent can do. Make yeah. them independent. Yeah. So um, that's something that we have, me and my husband have worked very hard to make him independent where he doesn't have to depend on us. Yes. Yes. Um, so he's 30, you mentioned. Um, how did your support system look throughout the years? So my parents helped me with my son up to like maybe nine, 10 years old. When, once I got married to my husband now, um, we moved to from New York to Connecticut to provide our, our family a better life and a little bit more, um, you know, less wild than being in New York City. So um, it was just my husband and myself taking care mm-hmm. of our Brandon and my other son. But um, but that was okay because I was able to stay home for a couple of years and take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. Having a child with special needs, you do need a good support system. If it's, even if it's a school system, if it's um, parent support groups, which I I push to that, you know, to get someone like a, a, a support group, which mm-hmm. they have them everywhere. Every state has a support group, different chapters. And having friends, you know, being around parents with other children with special needs, it's always very important because you understand them and they understand you and they get together. So um, to me, the best thing has been not family, but, but other parents that have children with special needs. Because mm-hmm. even your own family does not understand because they don't have a child with special needs. Right. So in order for a parent to understand they have to have a child with special needs. 
Right. And that's just the way it is, you know? So you mentioned um, routines and, and, and that kind of structure um, when children have autism. What are some challenges that you faced with uh, Brandon when communicating with him? So Brandon takes things literally. And that's something very common with people in the autism uh, spectrum. If I tell Brandon it's raining cats and dogs, he'll think it's raining cats and dogs. <laughs> so they, they take things literally. So we have to, the way I talk to Brandon is like talking to someone that is three years old. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I cannot give him long um, directions. They have to be short and sweet so he can understand. And I had to tell him over and over again so he can understand. Otherwise, he'll get confused, he'll get overwhelmed, and he becomes angry. So I have learned to talk to him um, sweet and short. And I give him many (laughs) long directions because he gets overwhelmed. Right. Uh, How are your other children with him, Sonia? So my kids are wonderful with him. My son that is 20 he is very supportive um I have so in my mind I don't want my other kids to be a burden right so you know so I always tell my my kids when I pass I don't want him I don't want you living with Brandon because it's not your responsibility I just want you to look out for your brother call him once in a while maybe invite him for Christmas or certain holidays but I don't want to. I don't want to push that because I don't want them to be like, oh, I have to take care of my. I don't want. I want it for, to do them because they want to do it, not because they have to do it because I told them to do it, you mm-hmm. know. But yes, um, Eddie, my son is twenty. He drives him. If I'm not a, around to drive my son, because my son doesn't drive, and if he's around, he'll drive him to his activities. He will drive him to go shopping. So he does help out. My husband helps. He helps. And of course, my daughter helps him in a certain way because he's, she's only 13. So she does help in certain things here around the house as well. Yeah. Such a close-knit family. You're blessed, Sonia. What are some I know. Of the, yeah. What are some of the misconceptions or misunderstandings when it comes to autism? So people think that when someone is on the spectrum that they're retarded or they're crazy, um, no, they're not retarded. They're not crazy. They just, um, they learn things differently, but they still want to feel loved. They still want to be part of, you know, of what's going on. And if sometimes they want to be by themselves, that's okay. You know, let them be. So we have to um, be gentle with them and realize that they're not retarded. They're just special because they the way their brain works. Mm-hmm. And Brandon gets a lot of love. That's for sure. Brandon gets a lot, of love. and he even has a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you know when you see pictures on social media. With I girls. have, I have. They're very cute together. Yeah. So that's just to show that just because someone is autistic or has autism doesn't mean they don't want to have a girlfriend or have friends. They still want to have be part of those things yeah. like everybody else. Yes, of course, of course. Um, what role does advocacy play when raising awareness about autism, Sonia? So um, 
we are the biggest advocate for our kids, us, the moms, not the school, not the doctors, but we, the mom, the dad. So I always tell people that I know, um, I'm also work, I work for the child development info line, which I deal with early intervention. So I tell my clients, we are the biggest advocate. We have to advocate for a child, for our child with autism. Otherwise, the Board of Ed would not give them what they require and what they need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just school, right? But there's probably other situations that you've come across that you've also had to advocate for him, right? Of course. So, <clears throat> for example, when he was in school, uh, my son could not be in a big yellow school bus. Mm-hmm. So he needed a little mini bus and they were refused refused to give him a mini bus. So I had to get letters from the doctors um, saying that he gets overwhelmed on a big bus. And I had to fight for him to get a mini bus until he finally got it. Something else I, um, I, it was a challenge for me is for him to get a one-to-one aid. My son cannot be left alone. He was, he, you know, he couldn't run away from the school. So he needed a one-to-one aid to go with him everywhere. And that was another challenge that I had with the school system because they want to save money until I got letters from the doctor saying he needed someone to be with him at all times mm-hmm. to help him through navigate this, you know, the school being so big and large. So those are the things as a parent, we have to advocate for our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what types of support systems you you mentioned um, the support system with you know your community now um, your group um, how about Brandon does he have a support system yeah so Brandon um, is very if Brandon stays home he gets depressed so Brandon has to be out towards mm-hmm. with you know doing different activities so I made it my um, you know, like my business to find him different supports for him, different recreation activities. So he has joined like three or four different type of activities. One of them is art. Brandon goes to the to um, a place where he likes to draw and mm-hmm. make um, table runners and weaving on Mondays. Tuesdays, he has another activity that he goes to. Then Wednesday, he goes to work. So every day, Brandon is doing something to be busy and to be, um, otherwise, if Brandon is not busy, he gets, he gets pretty depressed. So we have to find things for our kids to do, for our special needs children to do. Otherwise, um, you know, some of them can become depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now with the internet, you can go online and, you know, find support systems, find uh, this one, big one that's called in here, um, the Special Olympics, you know, it's another thing that they, you know, Brennan looks forward to in certain sports. And to me, that's a, that's a type of, you know, um, support system. Yeah. What hopes do you have for Brandon's future? So my ultimate goal for him is to become independent where he can live on his own. Mm-hmm. Not that my son, um, not that I don't want him around, but I want him to live independently on a either a group home or his own apartment mm-hmm. and maybe marry one day. 
you know, why not? I mean, there's people their special needs get married all the time. So I want him to have his own place and hopefully with a with his a partner. What advice or words of encouragement would you offer to families who have recently received a diagnosis for their child? So <clears throat> what I would tell them is that it's not going to be easy. Sort of like when you're going to, let's say you, when you're going to Italy in a year, you buy the ticket to Italy and you learn, you try to learn maybe some words, Italian words, you learn um, the food, where you, where you are going to travel to Italy. And the day is finally here to go to Italy and you get on the plane. And when you arrive, it's not Italy. Mm-hmm. It's probably France. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't ask to come to Italy. I studied for a year to come to Italy, not France. And when you get there and you see how, you know what? It's not that bad. The food is good. You learn the language of people and you're like, you know what? I can learn to love friends. Yeah. Something like that. You, you know, when you get pregnant, you plan nine, 10 months for this wonderful child. And when it comes, it's not what you expected, but you learn to love this child the way this child is. Yeah. So is it going to be challenges? Yes. Is it going to be hard? Yes. But it's also there. It's going to be amazing and beautiful. And God doesn't give us something that we cannot handle. That's beautiful. Sonia, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your candidness. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there was parents that helped me along the way. And I'm still going to need help along the way. He gets, he becomes more of an adult, you know, 30, Mm -hmm. 40, 50. But my, I'm here to help other parents the same way other parents help me. And that's, that's what we do here, help other parents. Yeah, so I guess maybe some, um, uh, some encouragement would be seek medical attention immediately if you think something is going yes. on. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Go with your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Doctors, pediatricians only see your child for five, 10 minutes. If you, the mom, the dad, feel something is going on, go with your gut feeling. If the doctor doesn't give you <clears throat> what you want to hear, you can seek second opinion. You know, but once you get a diagnosis, get some help so you can accept it. And once you accept it, you can move forward and help your own child. Yes, absolutely. Okay, thank you, Sonia. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, Wendy. Thank you for having me. As we conclude today's episode, I would like to thank Sonia for her openness and awareness around autism, highlighting the importance of fostering inclusivity and understanding. It is through open conversations like these that we can break down barriers and promote a more compassionate society. Let's remember that autism is a spectrum and each individual's experience is unique. We'd love to hear your stories. Feel free to share your personal journeys in the comments or via our social media channel. Your stories inspire us and help us grow together as a community of bloomers. Stay tuned for more content and until next time, keep blooming.